Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. Today on the show, I got Peyton Frew on here again. And today we talk about the deer he shot about a week and a half ago on October 25th. We recorded this episode on November the 1st. And uh, hopefully you guys will learn something from Peyton's story. A lot of good information in there where he describes all the stuff he did hunting his small property. And then I go into talking about my deer that I shot. And I want to warn you guys, after about the 30-minute mark, it's really not informational whatsoever. We just kind of go into, you know, shooting the bull and just talking stories and laughing and cutting up. But hope you guys enjoy it. And two, I'm going to tell you guys, this episode, we recorded it on November the 1st. It's going to upload November the 4th. So what I'm going to do, especially for this month of November, as soon as I get an episode done, I'm going to go ahead and put it out, whether it's a week in between episodes or two days in between episodes. Because any information that I get from any guest that's on here, I want people to go ahead and and have it. Because I want to talk about what's going on right now or at the current time, whenever that may be. So, and the way the season's going now, everything's changing on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, really. So, as I get those episodes done, I'm going to go ahead and put them out there. And then, once we get, you know, maybe 1st of December or midway through December, I'll probably go back to doing one per week. So, here's the episode. You guys enjoy. All right, guys. Welcome to episode seventeen. That's crazy. Seventeen episodes. It doesn't seem like we've done that done that many. But um, Ryan Greathouse, your your host, and I got Peyton on here. He's going to be a the co-host with me today. Uh, we had Peyton on a few episodes ago. We did a podcast together, and that was a pretty good one. But uh, what's up, Peyton? What's going on, Ryan? I guess I can be like you. You'd be Mark Kenyon, and I. I, can, I guess I could be the unsuccessful Matt Drury. Not saying that Matt Drury's unsuccessful. I'm saying that I'm unsuccessful. You know. <laughs> no, man. You uh, right now you're uh, you're leading the crew right now, the Strut South crew, because uh, so far you you've got the biggest deer, especially the biggest deer this year. Um, so if you would. Kind of explain that to us. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a sad story, I mean, if you will, because now I have nothing to chase behind the house. Um, yeah. I, I mean, let me, mean me, let me let me stop you there. And I, I've actually, I did one with, um, gosh, I can't remember. Who was it? I did a podcast with Ryan Matznick, and he – he even said something about that, and that got me thinking about that. But I know what you mean. I mean, the deer I hunted several years ago, he was a giant. He, I didn't kill him, but somebody else did. But it was still kind of, it was kind of like, you know, oh, what do I do now? And then, yeah, and Philip, Philip did the same thing. You know, his deer that he was hunting so hard got shot. I mean, it kind of, it, it's it's the same, but it's different, I guess. So, like, if you're hunting a big deer and somebody else shoots him, you're bummed out that you didn't kill him, but 
in a way you're kind of relieved. But yeah. if you do kill him, it's like, oh man, you know what? What am I going to do now? But I'm sorry, I, I just wanted to say that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, it start as you know. Um, it started out last year. Um, we talked to a guy in Pine Mountain. He had some some stuff he wanted to try, so I brought it home and I put it out some feed and you know I set up a trail camera and probably the end of November 1st of December last year well I forgot all about the camera being back there so probably mid-July I go back there just walking looking at the prop my property I have three and a half acres and I pull the card well there's a deer showing up in July that's massive to me is massive. Um, and I started to panic because, you know, August, September, September being the first, you know, both season. So I had literally two months to come up with a game plan to kill this deer. Well, first thing went in my mind, I need something to keep bringing this deer back to my property. So I've always, I've always been a big, pusher of food plots so the first thing I did was I come up with a food plot plan I researched all the different kind of seeds and something I could get a return on next year Um, so I chose whitetail imperial clover so what I did was I don't have a tractor we I got a backpack sprayer with some Roundup and some brush killer and went back there and just sprayed everything. I, I mean, I nuked it. Um, then I come in with my new lawnmower I bought and basically bush hogged this little eighth of an acre field behind my house with a 54-inch lawnmower. Well, after that, I couldn't find somebody to come over to the house with a tractor you know it, it really didn't make any sense to to do that on an eighth of an acre so i went and got a a hand tiller which and let me tell you something in georgia using a hand tiller in the dead of summer will cause you to have three heat strokes if you do it within if you do all of it in eight hours <laughs> yeah so yeah you're right it's summertime it's gonna be Cause it's gonna be pushing ninety five, maybe maybe a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got that done. I crawled back to the house. Thankfully, I didn't have to call a helicopter to come get me because of the three heat strokes that I thought I had. Um, <clears throat> I planted whitetail imperial clover, and I, you know, I I had to take advantage of the new the new law that just got passed in Georgia the the supplemental feed all year round. So. I put up a 250, no, it's, it's probably 150 gallon um, feeder timer, timer, timed feeder by Moultrie. And um, I just had to keep him coming back. Well, he got, he, he got comfortable. He, you know, he still had his security. I didn't hunt it much at all. I hunted it five times, the six times when I killed him, October 25th. Um, I kept my I kept the feeder full, kept the intrusion down, didn't check the camera every two months. I maybe checked it like once. I checked it once in the middle of 
September and once in the middle of October. So, but when I did that, I made sure I wore my hunting clothes, made sure I sprayed down. Um, the only problem I have with this is there's really not any trees to put up a deer stand. So the deer, the, the tree that I wanted to put the deer stand, it was covered in poison oak and I'm highly allergic to it. So me and your brother, Daniel, went in there and put up a deer stand, not in the right tree that I wanted for the wind. So the first three times I went in there, I didn't get busted. Um, I had to get my wife to come back here and push the deer out, you know, with a four-wheeler um, so I could get down, created diversion or distraction. But um, Justin and you taught me into putting that ground blind. And the good thing about that ground blind is, is one thing Drury's always teach is always have a safe and secure way in that you won't get busted. Well, the 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 blind is it's it's got a covered trail, so you're not visible. The deer won't see you walking to the food plot. Um, it's in a good spot, good for the wind. Um, so. Two days before the 25th, so that would be the 23rd, me and Justin hunted it. Justin taught me into buying these Ozonic units, which I can't even afford a pair of headphones now for this for this call. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, I, so, we, so we put up our Ozonic unit and had it going with the wind. We seen seven deer that night. That's the most deer I've seen in that food plot. I've got pictures of up to 10 deer in the, in the food plot at night. But the thing was with this buck is he kept coming out like at dark, like right at dark uh, with that past shooting light between 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1 in the morning. That was, but he always come, he always came back. So with it being the 23rd, I looked at the deer cast. We had that rain coming in. Uh, it was a mist and rain all day. The temperature was low. I think it was like 55 degrees. The barometric pressure was up. The deer cast said great or good. I can't remember, but it was in the green. So I said, if I'm going to kill him, today's probably going to be the day that I kill him. Well, two days prior, when me and Justin sat, all the does come out into the food plot, the eighth of an acre food plot, and something ran them off. Well, we, we was paying attention in the woods that there was a horn or a deer with a rack that was chasing these does around in the, in the hardwoods behind the food plot, which is on another piece of property that I don't have permission to hunt. So we knew something was up. It's getting close to time. The, the, the weather's changing. The temperature's changing. So these deer are getting frisky. So I, I made the move to hunt it a second night which was the 25th um like i said i i, I was by myself self-filming in a blind and me being six three and 280 pounds is is kind of hard but um the the rain the mist stopped for about maybe 30 45 minutes well it started back misting again well there was a spike in the food plot and he come out there and he just wasn't acting right. Like there was something going on that he didn't like or, or he was kind of timid. But, um, 
and I was I like I I tell the truth, I was watching Gordon Ramsay on YouTube, uh, just watching him cook, and I look up and he's walking into the food plot, the ten point of the biggest deer of my life that I've killed. hundred and thirty two and what was it, three eighths? One yeah, it was one thirty two. One thirty two and three eighths. The biggest deer of my life. I've shot one ten pointer before, but he didn't make he didn't make one twenty five. I mean, he was something around there, maybe. Um, but he comes walking out, and I was panicking. Excuse me, I was panicking. So the first thing I forgot to do was turn on the GoPro, which was the second angle. I had to make sure I had him on the primary camera, which he was in frame. I pulled back. And I'm doing this while I'm trying to reach for my gun. Well, like I said, it was raining, so I had my camera. When it was in my bag, I had it in a Walmart bag. And my gun was leaning up against that bag. Well, he heard the rustle of the bag, the noise from the bag. So I was going to say, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's fixing to run, he's fixing to run. So he threw his head up, looking right at the blind. And uh, so I have no pre-roll nothing i mean he comes out 30 seconds 40 seconds boom he's he's hit yeah so i mean it was it was intense it would have been good if i'd had y'all with me but i mean it was is it was surreal because like i said i kept telling you i don't think he's that big i don't think i just you know i and i mean it's over with so now i have to find another deer to get on well which, which you know, once you get a one-track mine on one deer, you forget about, like, I've got a lease that I hunt with big deer on it, and I haven't paid any kind of attention to that place besides putting feed in the feeder. Yep. So now I'm having to start over at ground zero, right before the rut, trying to figure out a game plan, which I have my honey hole that I shot the deer out of last year, which is a good travel corridor for bucks and does during this time but i i don't know what's in there which is kind of good because i'm not sitting there being anxious you know is is this buck gonna come is that buck gonna come so it's just gonna be like hunting without any kind of information like we used to do back in back in the good old days yeah yeah i mean some sometimes it if you if you get on which here hunting the way we do sometimes it's hard to um to get one of those target bucks, I guess, or one of those bucks that's like, oh, you know, a giant. But when you do, it's like you get so honed in on that one deer. And then if you, once, once you can't hunt that deer anymore, it's sometimes it is kind of a relief. Like, yeah. uh, Like this year, See that, and that's kind of what I went through, you know, when I hunted that big deer, man. I mean, that's, I man, it was a Boone and Crockett deer, and he, yeah. man, he's unreal the size of the deer he was. But it, it felt good to be able to just, like, the next year, well, the the next season after that, it was just like, ah, uh, you know, it was it's kind of hard to get into it and. Like I knew that I wasn't gonna get another pic- a picture of a deer that size. Not, I mean, the chances were very slim that I would. And 
So I just go into the next season thinking, man, well, this this may not be a good year. But it, yeah. but it was still a relief too because I could just because I, I I really enjoy putting the cameras out, even even if I'm not seeing or killing deer. I like putting my cameras out and getting inventory. <clears throat> excuse me, getting inventory of deer. A little ingestion there, huh? Yeah, getting inventory of deer, and I just like getting pictures of bucks. And and then this year, it's it's kind of been that way. But it's it's almost like you go back and hunt. It's almost like going back to your roots and hunting, and just yeah, you know, getting to enjoy what deer are there, and then yeah. But you know, and, and like you and Ricky was talking about in last podcast, you know, it's um, it's like it's just like going back to the basics because we have a we have two main roads, well, three or four, three main roads, and one of them is through the woods, and one of those roads is off off my honey hole, and usually every year there's scrapes up and down that road at this time of year, <clears throat> so it's it's just going back to the basics looking at those scrapes, getting as much information you can without putting as much intrusion on them deer and just just getting in there and just sweating it out. Yeah. It's a waiting game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tell you, I like um, – so my, my, to me, you ain't talking about, you know, getting back to your roots. I, to me, I love hunting with a gun and sitting on the ground like with no ground blind or anything, just going and going out in the woods or going out and sitting on the edge of a pasture and just waiting for a deer to step out. And that, but I mean, that's the way I grew up hunting. I mean, cause all the places we hunted, I mean, that was the best way to hunt. And, yeah. uh, let me tell you a story. I remember the first time I ever did that. My uncle Benny, God rest him. They used to come down every Thanksgiving. He used to come down and they used to go deer hunting. Well, I was begging, begging, and begging. And I had a twenty-two. And Uncle Benny used to get up at like 3 o'clock in the morning and go back in the woods. <clears throat> it was behind my grandmother's house. And uh, he said, you sure you want to go hunting? I was like, yeah, take me hunting, take me hunting. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And this joker takes me in pitch black dark and sits me down in a road and walks off and leaves me. You talking about scared? Oh yeah. Every everything that moved, everything that made a noise, I was looking. And can you believe I walked all the way back home in dark because I was scared? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Man, I but I tell you that I was. Uh, yeah, that was just. I love it, man. I, I love being able to just go and sit on the ground and not have to worry about, you know, taking all my stuff that I got to hang in my tree. And it's just, it's nice sometimes to just go and just go in the woods, put your orange vest on, take your gun, and go sit down. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love bow hunting and I love getting them deer close and getting them up under my tree stand and shooting them with a bow, but. There's something about just going back to your roots like that. I'll tell you like I told Justin this morning on that phone when he called me. I love it too. I love bow hunting, 
But when gun season comes in, it's gun season. They made gun season for a reason. And that's <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I do love gun season. I, I, I just wish, I wish our gun season wasn't as long, but then again, if it wasn't as long as it is, then I'd, I would probably be a little upset that I couldn't yeah. just go out there and hunt with my gun. But Well, I know I'm not the only one that killed a buck, so don't be bringing your side stories to me. Ryan, tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about, I know you killed a buck, so tell us a little bit about it so I don't have to take up this whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um I did. I shot one on uh, October the 22nd, so just a few days before you did. Um, he ain't no monster. He definitely ain't as big as yours, but uh, shoot, man, he may not even score 100 inches, but he was uh, he was just a toad of a deer, and uh, he's probably, I'm going to guess he's a five or six-year-old deer. Just based off his body size, I, I haven't. I haven't gotten him aged. I don't know. I'll probably know more about what his age might be once I go pick him up, pick up the meat tomorrow. But yeah, he, I really think he was about six, maybe five or six. And he's weighed over 200 pounds. Uh, but he's, I mean, he was a good deer. He's probably, he's probably my second best deer that I've ever killed. And, uh, we got a place. It's only 20 acres. See, that's what I was going to say. Was To me, that's what's so great about your deer is you shot him behind your house, not not out of your back window, but <laughs> in your backyard, yeah. but you shot him on your place behind your house, and you only have three and a half acres. And I think yeah. that's what's – and I was going to say, too, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get off subject to my deer, but – I think it's awesome that y'all saw you and Justin hunted and saw seven deer come out in that food plot. People, some people might be thinking, oh, seven deer, man, I see that every evening. But they probably ain't hunting on a one-eighth of an acre food plot either. Yeah. And uh, I don't care if you hunt the spots that we hunt, which most of us, we don't have big, big tracts of land. But sometimes even on big tracks, if you see see a seven deer, that's it's pretty yeah. impressive. But you know, uh, that, you know what that tells me? What's that? The area is overpopulated with deer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to definitely. Have seven deer, seven deer come in on a eighth of an acre or less food plot on a quarter acre. You know, just imagine. The whole area I'm hunting is a quarter acre. Well, an eighth of that is a food plot. Right. Well, and and, so, and uh, we did a pod. Uh, who did I do a podcast with? We were talking about. We did one with uh, Josh Carney. And and I didn't know this, but he he shed some light on it, and we were talking about that. And he was saying, you know, usually it's like two acres of two acres per deer. Yeah. Usually, one deer is going to call two acres home. I, I don't know where they get that from, but that's a number somewhere out there in the ether. <laughs> but, in the ether net? That's right. But, uh, 
anywho, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, it's definitely interesting though. But yeah, that buck I shot, he um, he's just a toad, man, and I regret it. I mean, I I didn't get him on camera, and I kind of I wish I would have been able to, but it just wasn't in the cards. But we got this place. It's like 20 acres. We've hunted it for, gosh, 15 years now. And it's just a big creek. It's got a big pasture. The pasture is probably 10, 15 acres. And then there's only about four or five acres, maybe maybe seven or eight acres of woods. And... uh but it's super thick, like the field, it goes down to the creek. And then in the creek is just a big, huge bottom. And as soon as you go past the creek and walk, you know, 50 yards, it starts going back up a hill and it goes into a bunch of just big woods. And, uh, but as soon as you get to the top of the hill on the other side of the creek, that's the property line. And, I mean, there's a lot of deer back there. That's one good thing about it is it is 20 acres, but it butts up to about 700 in. Well, yeah, 700, but in total, I mean, a couple, probably a couple thousand of acres of just woods. Yeah. And, uh, before you get to the next road. So, I mean, there's a ton of deer back there. And the good thing about our place is, we we just really catch bucks coming through during the rut. We don't. It doesn't really hold deer, but we can catch them slipping through there. And this year in particular, I think it's going to be really good. And it already is good because I already shot a buck. I don't think we've shot one at that place that early in the season. Usually it's in November. And but it's super thick. That bottom is super super thick and. We got a couple of stands hung in there, and sometimes we'll just go and hunt like I was talking about. We'll just go and hunt the pasture, and we'll just sit on the ground. But we had a stand up all the way at the end of the property almost, and it was overlooking the creek. And just on the other side, this particular part of the creek, right on the other side of it, was probably, probably the thickest part of the whole property. And... Of course, we knew it was a bedding area, and uh, because my brothers, both of my brothers and myself, we seen we see deer filter out of there all the time in the evenings, so we knew it was a bedding area for for the majority of the deer. But luckily, we already had a stand there. We we moved a we had a ladder stand we here to overlook that, and. I went in there summertime, you know, June, July, put all my cameras up and all that good stuff. And I was putting out corn and put out a little bit of buck muscle over there. But I, I didn't, I wasn't able to put out much cause I didn't have a feeder, a covered feeder. So they, uh, they was tearing it up and we was getting, I was getting pictures and I had five or six bucks showing up really, really regular, like every single day. And then October the 1st, I think it was the 1st of October. May have been October 3rd. This deer shows up. Big seven-pointer. Super mature. 
and uh, he he was I was started getting pictures of him maybe every two nights, every three nights he yeah. would come in, and then. <clears throat> But I, he was always nighttime. I never got a daylight picture of him ever. Just like your deer, I don't. You didn't get a daylight picture of yours. And uh, I don't know something about something about that day, October twenty second. Um, which I tell you, those three days, the twenty October twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second. So by so far this year, those are the best three days that I've hunted. Uh, the 20th, I, I looked on the deer cast in which the weather was perfect because we got a cold front on the 21st. It was 40 degrees, and it was a full moon. And then the deer cast was saying good, and then the 21st it said great. 22nd it was back to good. So everything lined up for those three days. And those three days, I saw a deer. I shot a doe on the 20th. I saw three bucks on the 21st. And then the 22nd, I shot that one. And they've moved real good those three days. And uh, the 22nd, I hunted that evening. And I'm sitting there. Hadn't seen a deer the whole time. And I think when I saw that big seven... I think he just happened to be bedded right in front of that stand already because <clears throat> when I looked down there to see and I seen something, I, I looked and I saw a limb move. That's how thick it was. And I put my gun up and I got my scope on. All I could see was his head and his rack. And he just kind of appeared. So I really think he just got up. He was basically bedded there the whole time and then he just stood up. Yeah, I think that's how I saw him, but it was pretty great hunt. I mean, I sat there and watched him for about 10 minutes. I finally was able to get a shot on him because I, I didn't even know where his body was. It was so thick. He finally, he finally moved a little bit to where I kind of knew where his body was, and I shot, and he hit the ground. Yeah. Smoked him, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, – what a hurting on him. But, um, yeah, it's so far, at least for me and you, it's been pretty good. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can get them other boys. Hopefully them other boys will get some deer. And uh, I know Justin's, Justin's hunting on it hard and he's, he's got a couple of deer he's trying to get. And, he said he had a new one show up the other day. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, uh, I tell you what, he's probably seen more deer than any of us. Yeah. Um, he's seeing a lot of deer, but that's because he sees them over miles. Because you know he hunts forty-five foot up in a tree. Oh yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get forty foot. <laughs> but uh, he can see a deer in warm springs if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might need to. He might need to call Ricky and tell him what. Tell him the deer he's seeing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh i guess speaking of seeing deer yeah i know people are we're probably about to start seeing more deer especially we're especially going to start seeing more bucks because yeah. now the rut is like like it's time yeah it's coming if it ain't like, here already yeah i mean i think here in georgia midwest georgia i guess you could say 
I think it's here, but it's it's not all the way here yet. If it's not the pre-run, it's it's close to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're because they've been making scrapes and um, all that stuff. They've been kind of bumping does, and, and I, but I'm hearing, you know, some places I'm already hearing, you know, people are, they're full out chasing, and uh, but that's and that's another thing. Like I think is a big misconception is when you see a buck chasing a doe, that doesn't mean she's in heat. No. That's not that when they're chasing, that's not the peak. That's not peak rut or peak estrus. Usually lockdown is peak. Right, yeah. When you're not seeing them chasing and you're not seeing any deer, that's usually when the peak is. Yeah. Cause that means they are locked down and she is in heat. So he's already with her. But um one thing I wanna hit on, I guess, we we were kind of talking about this before we actually got to recording and uh i guess we could talk about kind of what some of the things that we do or you know some of the gear or some of the stuff we take in the woods with us to get ready or to i guess to hunt the rut what are your thoughts on that um let's say usually what i bring is um mr harold from night hell gave me a set of those um those rattling things that they've got now i don't know the name of them but uh it's 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 like a rattling disc almost i take those i take my grunt call justin swears by the extinguisher um it doesn't matter to me um that i take um i take some i've got some um bedding scent with the estrus that Daryl makes. It's really good. I had good success with it last year. Um, that's I was using that when I killed that uh, eight-pointer last year. Um, I, I always pack snacks because, and you laugh, you <laughs> laugh, but um, I'm usually going to sit for an extended period of time, longer than I would. I'd sit longer than I usually would in any regular hunt, usually I'm down by 10. If, um, if I, if it's during a rut, I'll sit to at least probably 12 or one. Um, just, uh, of course my camera gear, uh, some GoPros, uh, my Canon XA30 that, um, usually a jacket, um, cause sometimes it's cold and sometimes it's not. I usually dress in layers so I can take them off if I have to. Um, that's about it. I usually I'm a simple, simple kind of guy when it comes to hunting. Yeah, good set of binoculars too. Yeah, I, now I will I will say, I, even if you're, even if you're hunting with a gun, I think it's still good to have you a good set of binoculars because it's just. It's so much easier, and it's so much. It's just easier on your eyes. Now you know I got if, I got I got toasted last year because of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, now yeah, you gotta now if you're sitting there looking in your binoculars, <laughs> and uh, you see a deer or see something, you, you gotta be you gotta be uh, ready. There was a deer last year that was bigger than the 10-pointer I shot this year. And um, 
I had a buddy of mine filming with me, <clears throat> and uh, he's given me heck about it ever since. I was sitting there looking at him with binoculars, like like I was looking at birds and butterflies, and when I should have had my gun up shooting him, but it oh, is. Oh, yeah, nice is. buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you sitting there looking through the binoculars. Oh, yeah, he's a dandy. <laughs> yeah, he's a good wall hanger. <laughs> and then he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't, I mean, he didn't stick around for like 10 seconds and he was yeah. out. Yeah. You have your binoculars and you got your gun sitting beside you, you would have did a quick draw. But see, that's that's how you see deer. That's that's how you that's how you see deer, though. Like it's the same thing with fishing. Yeah. Like when you're out there and you catfishing, you throw your reel out there. You don't sit there and hold your rod the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because if you do, if you do, you ain't gonna never get a bite. Yeah. So what you gotta do is you lay your rod down, and you just watch it. But it, it was, and you'll 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 get a bite, and then as soon as you do, you gotta you gotta fake them out and snatch it. <laughs> it was a it was a stupid mistake because I knew better. Like it was it was right before lockdown. Um, the bucks were moving. There was probably I shot my deer win last year, November the seventh. I think is that when Ryan is that when you told me? Uh, yeah, November seventh. It was probably three days after that. So I was sitting there rattling and grunting probably every 30, every 45 minutes. And we were seeing deer. We were seeing bucks come. But nothing was big enough to shoot, in my opinion, in my eyes. But so it was it was a stupid mistake. I should have had my gun ready because the minute Chris said, look, there's a deer, he's a shooter. And I'm sitting there looking at him with binoculars. And he pegged us. Like, because my, my tree stand is right on the side of a hill. And they were coming up that that hill on on the, where, at, where it meets the road. So he was eye level with us. So he he popped me. And he, yeah. he didn't blow. He didn't, he just, you could say he looked right at us. And he turned and trotted off. Yeah, a lot of times, man, I think a lot of times them, them big mature bucks, a lot of times they don't blow. So, and that's another thing I bring with me to the to the deer woods during the rut. That is undivided attention. Because, that's right. Because, I mean, if you ain't got it and, and you're and you're actively calling and and doing this stuff and seeing results you better be ready because one could be on its way well you know that's, i think prime example of that is the deer i shot i mean i'm gonna tell you if i hadn't uh if i hadn't which i didn't have my binoculars out i think i mean i had them with me but i you know i'd take them out every few minutes and i'd glass and i'd look and i'd put them back in my bag but as soon as I saw, I saw a tree or a limb or something move. As soon as I saw that, I instantly knew. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was a deer. Yeah. So as soon as I seen it move, I, I put my scope on it right then. But had I not seen that limb move, I may have never even seen that deer. Right. Because 
I mean, once I, because I, I, I was sitting there looking at him through my scope, and I would, you know, take my eyes out of my scope for a second, and I'd, you know, kind of glance around me and look back. I couldn't see him unless I was looking in my scope. Right. So, yeah, you got to be ready, and then that's the thing, too. I mean, a lot of times it's going to be in the thick stuff where you're going to see them, so you got to be on the ready. But I was going to say, you know, some of the things – I take with with me in the woods for the rut. Yeah, yeah, of course, my binoculars. But the number one thing I take is my weapon. Yeah, see, um, you're trying to outdo me. You're trying to outdo me. <laughs> well, I say that. <laughs> I say that because I have been, I have went to the woods before without my weapon. You're so pumped. You're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, long, it's a long time ago. Quick story here. Okay. Long time ago, we were in a little. I was I was a little wee Todd. And uh, can I say a prayer before this before this story? No, it's gonna be real quick. <laughs> uh, but we 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 had this place that we hunted, and it's it's about thirty minutes, maybe forty five minutes from the house. And we was all fired up, and it's a it, it ain't nothing but a cut over. Every time we went up there, we saw deer. It was an awesome place. So we we all fired up and we get to go in and me and my brother Chris, we go on up there and we get to going hunting. We start getting all our stuff out of the truck. I'm putting my orange vest on, we all getting ready and I'm, I'm like, All right, yeah, let's go. Let's go get in the stand. Let me get my gun. Uh oh, where's my gun? And and uh I left my gun at the house. <laughs> so I just uh had to sit with Chris. And I watched him hunt. <laughs> you know, but uh, this is a word to the viewers. Anytime <clears throat> you hear somebody say cut over, you know they're a redneck. That's right. Because everybody down here has one type of experience hunting a cut over. I mean, because you're talking about Hightower Road, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... You know you're a true hunter when you've hunted at least one cutover. Oh yeah, you hunt a cutover, and it's something to it. It's like it's, it's like a big cornfield is what it is. I mean, for yeah, some reason it, they're just it, attracted to it. Yeah, well, it's it's thick. I mean, that's where they want to be. But uh, yeah, some other things though that I take, I take. Uh, I don't always take a rattling bag or rattling horns, but I always got my grunt call with me. Um, I'll tell you another thing. Best thing I ever, best piece of equipment that I have. Equipment? Equipment. Best piece of equipment that I have is my little backpack that I got. I don't even, I don't know what brand it is i couldn't tell you but i probably bought that thing man i've had that bag uh, that little book it's like a book bag it's but it's camo and it's it ain't big but i've had that joker for probably 15 at least 15 years but man it's th- that thing is a lifesaver because I, I everything that i use i put in that bag and, uh, I mean, it's so I old. Put it's my got camera. the original tree bark on it, don't it? 
Yeah. Well, no, I think it, I really think it's that uh, advantage. Yeah. Advantage camo. I don't know. It's it's pretty uh it's pretty old, but uh, it's still in good shape. And uh, but I take that. I put all my stuff in that. And one thing that I ain't gonna never go to the woods without. Hold on. Let me guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Toilet paper. I know. No. I now that is good. <laughs> And that's one thing you don't want to go in the woods without. But I have been in the woods before and not brought any with me, and I regretted it. <laughs> and uh, didn't me and you – wasn't it me and you turkey hunting? Yeah, you, get, you took morning? a picture. No, 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 oh. no, no. I'm thinking about another time. Oh, no, it was me and Justin. It was just last year. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have no toilet paper. And uh, we were turkey hunting at the WMA. And uh, it was early. It was like 5.30 in the morning. And I done had a whole cup of coffee. <laughs> and we had done walked about 200 yards already. And we were trying to get to a certain spot. So I told Justin, I said, hey, so we ain't going to make it. <laughs> I said, just hold up right here. He said, all right. Five minutes later, we were we were back walking. But when it comes to it and you don't have any toilet paper, that's why I always – a lot of people make fun of me because I wear, I wear a white undershirt all the time. Even even in the summertime, I, I've got on a white undershirt, like a Fruit of the Loom. Hanes. Hanes. You always got toilet paper if you always wear an undershirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but no, the one thing that I ain't never gonna go in the woods without is the Primos can. Yes, that I little the bleak that. can. And that thing now they don't work they don't work as good as they used to, but they still work. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man, when that thing first come out, I don't know, what's it been? Maybe right at fifteen years ago, something like that. Probably a little more a little longer. But when that thing first come out, man, you could you could go in the woods and hit it, and you deer was gonna run to you. But they don't like, run to you. It was like the dinner bell. <clears throat> oh yeah, man. I don't know how many deer we killed with that thing. Hey, do you remember the time. kids we were watching on TV? It was the first time I seen it. They were using a phone bleep. Uh, the Primos guys were, and that yeah, that buck or doe walk right, I mean, within five, within three feet of that guy. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. sitting on the ground. I, well, another little, another little quick, uh, not, not really a story, but a bit of history, I guess, with one of my brothers, Daniel. Uh, now, if anybody out there knows my brother Daniel, they know that he is all about laying some does down. I'm gonna tell you, Daniel. <laughs> and this this episode is starting to turn into just funny stories, but <laughs> but Daniel had a. We actually not just Daniel, myself, my oldest brother Chris, and then Daniel. We all used a bow. There was a bow that kind of got passed on to all three of us the golden eagle it was the golden eagle i don't know where this <laughs> bow came from 
I don't know where it came from, but it it had a Hawk. It had a Hawk system riser. And it had Golden Eagle limbs. Split limbs, I think it had split limbs. Yeah. Um it had the old the the whiskers, the whatever they called them. Whisker biscuit. On the, no, not a whisker biscuit. They had oh, like the, the cat like tail thing. Yeah, for the string silencers. Yeah. But they were like the whisk almost like looked like one of them fishing jigs. And uh but that's what they were for the strings. But man, Daniel Greathouse has killed more deer with that or did kill more deer with that one bow than uh a lot of people have killed deer in their entire life. Probably Fred Bear himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, if if Fred Bear hadn't have already been famous, Daniel would have been Fred Bear <laughs> with with that with that bow. Yeah, but uh, but that's that's what made me think of that. You said something about that dope that phone bleep. <laughs> Daniel always was in when he was in the woods. He always had, he used to back in the day. He always had a phone bleep with him and. Early season, he used that thing every time he went hunting. And he always killed those. Mm. But, yeah, he would uh, he would lay the hammer down on a doe in a heartbeat. The Robin Hood of doe hunting. I remember one year, I think he shot. And, and now, he was all, he was legal, because here in Georgia, you can shoot. 10 does I think he shot like 7 does within one week or I, I think I think it was something like that either 6 or 7 and he shot one every single day like 6 or 7 days in a row he shot a doe wow. <laughs> with that bow <laughs> but I don't know. I guess we can kind of start winding it down here. We why we're we just talking, talking about nothing? Yeah, we ain't really <laughs> talking about a whole lot. I mean, we're just telling stories, and I don't know. Hopefully, somebody will enjoy this episode here. Uh, I mean, I know I have because yeah. I just like getting on here and talking about anything hunting wise. So, well, Peyton, uh, I guess we can uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up and. I'm pretty sure if ain't nobody, if anybody out there is still listening, they're probably getting tired of hearing us just babble because now it's it's getting to where we're just talking about funny stories and stuff like that. I don't know. Hopefully somebody gets something out of this episode. Yeah, my jaws are starting to hurt a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think it's me and you's already had a successful year, and now we're just waiting on Justin, Chase, and Alex and Philip to to come along but uh, the way the weather's turned and everything's going i think we'll have a successful successful year yeah i think so too i think so too um i want to say real quick everybody out there listening y'all know where to get us the best thing to do just go to google google stress south podcast or google stress south tv you'll find us on all the platforms and another thing too, get on our Facebook, check out that video that I made. There's a video on there explaining how to use 
the uh, how to use the link when you click on that link from Facebook when we come out with each episode. And uh, but if y'all ain't hunting right now, is the time to be hunting. If yeah. y'all got sick time, use your sick time. Well, you know, call out of work, go hunting. You know what the funny thing is? is I've got starting November the third. I've got I'm off fourteen days. Yeah, so that that there you go. You got fourteen days to find you another buck. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you need to put that um that how to video on our YouTube page. Everybody, go check out our YouTube page also. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm glad you told me that. I didn't think nothing about that. Yeah, we need to do that. And uh, yeah, if if y'all ain't hunting, get out there and go hunting. And I'm actually, I'm actually thinking I'm gonna start not for not for the remainder of the season, but especially during November. Hopefully, y'all are still listening here at this here at the hour mark that uh, y'all will hear this. But if um, if y'all are still out there listening, I'm probably gonna start putting out an episode like right as I make the episode. So we may go for two or three weeks where I may put out an episode every few days because right now, like things are changing in the deer woods, like really fast. So, and I want any, anytime we talk about anything or if we talk to somebody with some knowledge, knowing good and well, we probably ain't got a clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we talk to somebody that's got some knowledge or if we think it might help somebody, I'm going to go ahead and put it out so that people can go ahead and listen to it instead of waiting every week. But then once, you know, it gets to December or something, we may get back to our, our normal, you know, every Thursday episode or whatever. But, uh, oh, well, Peyton, I appreciate you coming on here and, babbling about deer hunting with me oh yeah anytime anytime ran anytime <laughs> i guess that means we can fade it to the black yeah <laughs> you better watch what you say because they fired megan kelly for that oh yeah <laughs> yeah she was referencing blackface on something oh so don't, let's fade it let's let's transition it to the closing how let's, about that let's how about we do this Let's, um, let's, <laughs> how about we do this? Let's, uh, fade the audio. There you go. <laughs>